You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter. I would love for you to subscribe to at theleap.substack.com. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We will be live on YouTube after the game on Sunday night. Packers 49ers. It is the marquee matchup. It is the primetime matchup. Sunday night football. And the Packers, they're underdogs. Understandably so. It's in San Francisco. And it's going to be an extremely hostile environment. We'll get to all of that coming up in a little bit. I have some questions here from you guys that we're going to answer. And uh, I want to start a little bit of news. We have the Elton Jenkins update ish. Um, you know, we're we're not going live after the the report because I'll be traveling. I'm actually going to the Ryder Cup this weekend, and so unfortunately, we're not able to to make the normal Friday afternoon show work. But uh, the the Packers are in limbo right now with Elton Jenkins because Matt Lafleur said he's feeling better. After uh, sitting out yesterday at practice, the last two days, in fact, he sat at practice and the Packers are going to give him every opportunity right up until game time to go. He stayed in the game with the injury on Monday night, but um, a lot of that is adrenaline. You get off the field the next day, it swells up. It's an ankle injury and suddenly, you know, you're in a lot more pain. You know, you hope they have a lot of different ways to treat this with compression and the stem and and all of this um, advanced treatment, dry needling. And and there's a lot of different things that they can do to get him ready. The Packers are going to have some options of of how to deal with that. But the number one thing I was on pack, what she said uh, with uh, Maggie Loney and and Perry Goldstein, both friends of Locked on Packers. And I I said the number one thing in this game is going to be can they block and can they get off blocks? And if they can block, they give themselves a really good chance because if they can block, this offense is going to score. This 49ers secondary, that's where they're weak at corner. Um, They have a very good front. They have have good safeties and they have very good linebackers. It is not dissimilar from the Saints. And you know they're going to have a good plan. So they're going to have to be able to block effectively and the Packers are going to have to have some answers. They're going to have to be able to run the ball. They're going to have to be able to take those short passes when they're there. We'll see if the 49ers decide, you know, it was two years ago in the regular season. They said, we're going to load up to stop the run and we don't think you can beat us. We're going to play single high and we don't think you can beat us. And the Packers couldn't beat them. Now they couldn't stop them either. And that's going to be a big question in this game. Can the Packers get enough stops? That that is something we're going to talk about, I'm sure, a lot the rest of the show uh, and, and the Kevin King part of this we are going to get to in, in a second. But offensively, the, the, the being able to block part is essential. Now, getting Josiah DeGuara back, he's been practicing if he's going to be able to go on Sunday. We're not sure yet. Being able to play bigger and be more explosive in the passing game to put Tunyon and DeGuara on the field at the same time and create pass run options for your team, not just in literal run pass options or packaged plays, but to be able to go out in that personnel and call whatever you want 
creates a level of um, uh, of struggle in the mind of defenders because they can't have you be predictable by uh, personnel. And so for the Packers, getting those guys back, I think is going to be important. They can have some more six-man protections with Mercedes Lewis. If you can throw Josiah out there too, you play 13 personnel with three tight ends. We haven't seen them. They haven't done it this year. Um, Dominic Daphne has been out there, but they haven't used that 13 personnel look. They like to go spread with 13 personnel, spread with 21 personnel, spread with 12 personnel. And I think the fact that we started to see some of those wrinkles last week is really helpful uh, Monday, I guess, not really last week, is really helpful to to get them on track for a game where they're going to have to use some big people. But I also think, you know, uh, for for a team that I think wants to play in, out, out of those big personnels, the way to attack this team is, is at the cornerback position. So can they find that happy medium? Can they find ways to force the 49ers? to play in nickel personnel and still be able to uh, run the ball and and still get to their drop back game as well as their play action game. And um, that was something they could not do against the Saints. They immediately got out of their game plan. And that is also something that we're going to talk about coming up in a little bit. I want to mention though, I, I put the the word out for um, questions for the mailbag, and one of them I got was why why is Kevin King, uh, and that was you know obviously something I teased uh, if if I could figure that out, but we 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 heard from the coaches yesterday, and one of the things that Jerry Gray said was the reason we like King in the slot is he's a big long body, closer to the line of scrimmage. The problem with that is, okay, his size, great. Can he effectively take on blocks, tight end blocks, lead blocks, offensive line blocks? No. Is he a useful tackler in space, in the box, or just about anywhere? No. Does that length show up in underneath zones, at the catch point, or tracking the ball down the field? No. So what would you say it is you do here? The Packers are trying desperately to find a role for Kevin King. And I don't think Matt LaFleur, I don't think Joe Barry, I don't think they care even a little bit what Kevin King is being paid. And that's going to be the justification some people are going to suggest. Well, they have to justify paying him $6 million or whatever. First of all, it's not $6 million with the void years. They're not paying him that this year. Um, they they took care of him uh, because he's a respected player in the locker room because they wanted a backup plan. But beyond that, that's what this was, a backup plan. Now, it does seem like they are trying to give him every opportunity to earn a role here. But this is not the week. This is not the week for Kevin King to play in the slot. Not when they have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle that they can put out there. He cannot hang with those guys. Cannot hang with those guys. Now, Shannon Sullivan, a little undersized to play against George Kittle. Maybe what you do is you play Jair Alexander more in the slot. Now, if you're going to do that, Debo is going to go wide. Ayuk is going to go wide. Now, maybe if you're Joe Barry, this is an old school Jair Alexander game where you just say, okay, Jair, you've got Debo anywhere he goes. Anywhere he goes, you've got him. 
and we can figure out the rest. And it's one of those like not even old school Jair games. It's like an old school Charles Woodson game where it's like, okay, we're going to put our best cover guy on your best receiver. And regardless of what the call is, man's own, he's got him. He's got him. And you can do that around them. They even did that. This is for real. They did that with Demarius Randall. They just said, okay, you're going to play in the slot or you're going to cover the best receiver in the slot if he's in there. Otherwise, you're going to be on the outside. And and the rest, it's not going to be predictable by whether or not you're going or traveling because that's what you just, you have him all day. And you're going to have to figure out how to pass it off if they're going to run crossing routes and, and mesh and all that stuff. You got to figure it out. I think that is a better solution than playing Kevin King in the slot. Kevin King in the slot is a fool's errand. It is trying to make fetch happen. It's just not going to happen. So from that standpoint, this is, again, a bad week for this strategy. It is it is not going to work out. Now, like I said, I, I like Kevin King as an underneath zone defender. As an underneath zone defender, fine. That is probably his best position, but I don't want him out there because he can't contribute in enough meaningful ways in other ways, if you put Debo in the slot, it's barbecue chicken. It's over. It's done. It's a wrap. He can't hang. And I'm sorry that his best role in this team now is playing Gunner. But that's the reality. These other guys are just better. And you're hurting the team by putting him out there and, and forcing, wishing, and that's what it is. It's a hope and a prayer. It is wishing desperately that this guy is something that he just has never been. And I know people, they, they get upset for, for Kevin and they want to defend him and they think that this is personal. It's not personal. I don't have anything personally against Kevin King. I don't know Kevin King. This is not about that. His play on the field speaks for itself and it's not good enough. And they have to stop trying to put a square peg in a round hole because that's what they're doing. Th their best three-corner lineup is Jair, Chandon, and Eric Stokes. Align them however you want, because I do think Stokes could play in the slot. I do think he could match up against tight ends. I think that could be a, a fun thing to try this week. Give him a shot to try and cover George Kittle. I'm about that. Give him a chance, um, because it's, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to have to be by committee this week. But it just can't be, just can't be Kevin King. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Celebrate the freedom of choice with Built Bar because there's so many delicious flavors. I love them all. They've got a new chocolate chip cookie dough flavor. I haven't tried it, but I have heard wonderful things about it. Every special flavor that they put out there is awesome. These are the protein bars that taste like a candy bar, and yet they're high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. This is something you are going to want to get on if you haven't tried it. These things are the truth. I was dubious at first. When I first got the copy, I was going, yeah, I don't know about this. I don't know if, if I believe it. And then I ate them. And then I ate them some more. And then I kept eating them because I couldn't stop eating them because they are delicious. My wife eats them. Even, even my, my toddler eats them occasionally. And you should too. Go to built.com and get 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15. So some, some more of your questions. And one of them is from uh, Wiley Nash the second maybe, on Twitter. And it is um, Cobb deprived for a bigger role. What will that look like? And I was on, uh, on Packaday Podcast yesterday talking about this. 
Uh, Randall Cobb is sixth in the league in yards per route run among qualifying receivers. The bottom two receivers in the league among qualifiers are Marquez Valdez-Scanling and Al Lazard. Part of that is because Rodgers has missed MVS on a couple deep shots that could be touchdowns. I mean, he could have 180, 200 yards if, if they're able to connect on a couple of these. Al Lazard was was wide ass open on the on the big Bob Tunyon touchdown and Rodgers just didn't throw it to him. I think he's he's been open more than he has uh, produced at this point. And he is such a good blocker that that is just going to be a continue a continue to be a role for him. The Randall Cobb part of it is interesting, though, because he can do so many different kinds of things that I think they've only begun to explore what they can do with him. Some of the things that they do with Aaron Jones, that little. Uh, roll motion where he's in the backfield and and he's running to the the strong side of the formation to trips and you've got the running back in the backfield what if you did that with Cobb and Jones and you could put Cobb in either one of those roles Cobb on jet sweeps Cobb on end arounds Cobb on receiver screen RPOs we haven't really seen any of that stuff so far we saw him blocking on a on a receiver screen RPO to Devontae Adams. Um, and, and that's an interesting wrinkle to have him on the boundary with Adams in the slot. So you're not predictable that way. I think they're just figuring out what to do with him. And Matt LaFleur said, we have to find more reasons to get Randall Cobb involved. And, you know, they convert the third and long twice to Randall Cobb. Is that sustainable offense? No, but... If you're going to trust someone to do it, you trust Randall Cobb to do it. And I think for the Packers, uh, they have to they have to do that because these other guys, especially especially in situations where teams are playing so much too deep, MVS as a weapon is mostly going to be valuable to you against quarters in the slot, against safeties, and against cover three, single high now single high man too. But if teams are going to play too high whether it's cover two, whether it's cover four, uh, or whether it's, it's you know, two-man. MVS is not as valuable in those situations. You need someone who can win early against man coverage and who can create after the catch. That's Randall Cobb. And then you can find places to get in the rest of these guys. So Alan Lazard is going to continue to play because of his blocking, because of that versatility, and because he does have that long speed off play action. Because you can go run, 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 fake the crack, and it's play action over their heads, touchdown. That stuff is still in the playbook. And I'm really excited to see what Matt LaFleur does. Now you've got a week on tape of stuff that worked. You know, they had a week of, of tape of stuff that didn't work. And so you're not forcing the defense to play any type of way. You're not forcing them to account for that stuff because it didn't work. Some of it you put on tape and it looked nice, but a lot of it didn't work. They put a little middle the tight end screen on, on tape. That worked. Is that something they can work off? Now they put on this, this trips to one side, tight end to the other side. Aaron Jones motion to the trips, receivers or tight end screen back. Okay. If teams play them for that, what do they have to throw to the Jones side? Can they, can they run a little screen to that side? Is it going to be double move? Is it fake the screen, Devontae Adams double move on the outside, and now it's it's six? He has a whole week to start putting stuff on tape to now play off. And I think Randall Cobb, as, as the season moves forward, is going to continue to be a part of that. And it's going to start with him being successful because so much of this offense is trying to build on all this, right? 
It's trying to find ways to make the, the play that starts out the same look different. And that's it, it only works if the plays, when they start out the same, if that same play the first time worked. And that's where this gets into trouble. And this dovetails into a great question I got from, from Nate Packers. It's a very long question, but I'm going to get to the crux of it. And that is in these games where the Packers have not been able to take a punch. His his take is that this is a Matt LaFleur problem, that he, he gets a little panicky. He gets out of his rhythm and he does not handle it as well as he could. Totally agree. To me, this is the next evolution of Matt LaFleur, the coach. We saw him in year one try and put this amalgamation of uh, offenses together, part Mike McCarthy, part Matt LaFleur, part Aaron Rodgers. And then in year two, it was mostly Matt LaFleur, some Aaron Rodgers, and, and giving him all the freedom at the line of scrimmage to do that stuff and, and make it Aaron Rodgers from that standpoint. And in the two minute, calling the plays and in the hurry ups when you're trying to catch someone offside. It's not just, you know, all goes as we saw Randall Cobb sat down at the sticks and converted for a first down. That stuff was great to see last year. It's the Matt LaFleur offense now. And we saw it again in week two, but here's the part of it that I need to see more of when the other team starts scoring early. And I think we did see it. I think we need to give them credit. The lions punched them in the mouth. They came out, touchdown, and the Packers could have gotten out of their game. They could have gotten impatient and said, okay, well, it's drop back game time. It's shotgun. It's 11 personnel. It's no motion. It's Aaron Rodgers at the line of scrimmage trying to diagnose and dice these teams up, and they just don't have the receiver talent to do that. But what did they do? They stayed patient. They stayed patient, and they said, we're going to keep running the ball. We're going to find ways to get Aaron Jones the ball in space. Short passes. You're going to play the, the, the two shell. Okay, we're going to get Aaron Jones the ball underneath. And we bet our, your linebackers can't tackle him. We bet your safeties can't tackle him. We bet your underneath zones are not going to hold up consistently against Devontae Adams. And that is exactly what happened. They went to that tight end screen off the motion with the trips. Those were those were get back plays. They were in get back. They're in it's seven nothing. We got to go score because our defense isn't stopping them. And then it's 14-7 and they got to go out of match. And then it's 17-14 and they got to go out of match. They got to they got to keep going. They got to keep playing. And they go out touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They found ways to manufacture offense without pressing. And that's where I want to see the Matt LaFleur genius really show up because he's such a good game planner. He is so good in the script. And this is something that we've seen over the last few years. When the script runs out, the offense in 2019 especially stagnated. And even sometimes in 2020, we saw that. And in 2020 and 2019, both, when the script wasn't working, they had no answers. And it was, okay, Rogers, just go make a play for us. And that's just not going to work consistently enough. It's just not. Even with all of the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, he is physically not able to create on second reaction plays the same way anymore. 
And this receiving group is not the 2011 group. It's not the 2014 group where you've just got guys who can go out and win their matchups consistently. They need the offense to work, which means they need to be protected to be able to run those mesh concepts, those long developing plays, the dagger, the Yankee, to get those deep over routes, to run sail, to get some of this stuff that, that really can punish defenses, but you have to protect for them. You need to find some layups that give you opportunities to stay in your down and distance, to stay uh, on the right side of your, your schedule. And going back to the Randall Cobb point, sometimes that means throwing a little stop route and letting Randall go to work. Sometimes that means jet sweeps, reverse, uh, end around. It means finding these little ways, screens, orbit motion, jet motion, Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb on the field at the same time, Randall Cobb and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time. It means getting uh, diverse by personnel, not, okay, three receivers, shotgun, Aaron Rodgers drop back every play, and and the defense knows what's coming. No shot at at play action, no shot at running the ball. We just know you're going to be in catch-up mode. Catch-up mode for Green Bay has to be more diverse offense. They have to they have to trust the offense. That's the thing. Matt LaFleur, I need you to have the confidence to trust your offense and just keep running it. And find the, the parts of your offense that can work even when you're not building, 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 even when you're not going play action. And guess what? I know I keep harping on this, but that screen concept, that tight end screen, they went back to it. It worked. So you, there are these little wrinkles. I know that they're in there that they can go to and say, okay, well, we haven't shown this play. This is a this is a unique. It's not a special, but it's a unique. We haven't shown. It's unscouted. I mean, he stole that from the Saints a week ago. So they always have those new plays. Sometimes they run them in, in, in that in the scripted portion, the first twenty plays. I mean, as he said, we didn't even make it through the script in the first half against Week One against the Saints. Had 12 plays before the two-minute, and you're not running your, your script in the two-minute. They get back to the script in the second half, and they march right down the field, and Rodgers throws the pick. So some of that is just variance and, and bad luck. I think Green Bay is going to find a little bit more success with that this week. I think they can target the corners, and I hope, I hope they have enough faith in their own identity to stick with it and not try and play matchup basketball. Not try and, and and seek out the switch and try and exploit, oh, the cornerback. That's just not how they play. Your offense can do it. Your offense can do it. Devontae Adams can do it on his own. And if they're bracketing Devontae Adams, you, you have a million counters. We've seen them a hundred times. So keep throwing them and, and have faith that the offense, that Aaron Rodgers is going to run the offense and that your offense can, can make it work for you. You know, the thing about fantasy football is if you miss your draft, you're done. Or if your guy gets hurt, you're out. Or if you made a bad survivor pick, you're done. And you could be done in week one, week two. The Jaguars beat the Colts in week one last year. You probably had the Colts in your survivor pool. You're out. You're done. But there's still time to make the most with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. They make it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with your friends, families, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. 
Run Your Pool host formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full-season games, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. It's unlike any other fantasy platform that's out there, and they have options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. It's not too late. Week two was much stronger for the public. They went 10 and six in the pick'em, and only 10% of pools were knocked out in Survivor. Still, that is an opportunity for you to go and have some fun. We've got PGA golf pools that are still open um, and, and a lot of fun still to be had. So go out, go today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on at checkout if you don't want to go to the website. I don't know why you wouldn't. We made it easy for you. Don't miss out. The NFL season is off. It's exciting. It's fun. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one spot for all your pro and college sports action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything. Football, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Double your deposit. 100%. You put money in, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, they'll double it. That's how this works. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. So I think this is a, a, a crucial thing that I want to just uh, leave with. If I'm the Packers, I don't think I can get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo with four. And I don't think if you play too high and play coverage that you can stop the run with your front. So here's what I think I would do if I were Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur. On the first drive, I am daring Jimmy Garoppolo to beat me by blitzing his pants off, by just blitzing the daylights out of this guy. I would have, just like a script with offense, I would have a script of designer blitzes that I am ready to throw at him. I'm I'm double A-gap mugging. I'm sending slot blitzes. I'm sending corner blitzes. And I'm sending run blitzes on early downs. I am not letting him get comfortable because this four-man rush is not going to get home. It's just not going to get home often enough. And if and if if they do, it's going to be Kenny Clark inside. I'd like to see Rashawn Gary inside a little bit more uh, in pass rush situations, trying to work against guards where he can use that power and speed. These tackles, they're just not going to beat him consistently enough. They're just not. And this team's best pass rush opportunities are going to be with with schemed up pressure, with five man pressures, with you know the, these these zone dog pressures, heavy pressures, cover zero. Go go at him. Make him get off his spot. Make him make reads. Make him make throws quickly. Make him make throws down the field. And then try and go tackle because this is the number one tackling defense by Pro Football Focus this season. Can you believe that? That's real. The number one tackling defense this season by Pro Football Focus. That's amazing. So trust your guys. Trust your guys in man coverage behind. Trust Eric Stokes. Trust Jair Alexander. 
Trust Kevin King. Trust Shannon Solid and trust your safeties and bring these guys. Bring the pressure and, and force Jimmy Garoppolo to, make, to, to be right. And they're going to hit you with misdirection. They're going to have stuff ready. They're going to make some adjustments because Kyle Shanahan is one of the best minds in this game. But make them play that way. Make them adjust because it's been too passive so far. And this Packers defense has looked its best when it is dictating. When it is saying, we're going to rush five. We're going to rush six. We're going to bring corner pressure. We're going to bring edge pressure. We're going to blitz a safety. and We're going to run blitz. I think that's the, that's the play defensively and offensively. It's, it's everything we talked about in the second block. Stay in your identity. The 49ers score on the first drive. They make it look easy. Fine. Stay in your identity. Be you and force them to adjust to you rather than you trying to beat them. Matchups are important in understanding where they can attack you and, and where they're vulnerable. Those are important things but within the context of what you do well. So attack them the way that you need to attack them because it's what you are and who you are. Stay big. Use pony. Keep running the ball. Edge runs if the inside runs aren't working. Inside runs if the edge runs aren't working. Making that Make them defend every part of the field. And don't give up. It's like, like having a toddler try something for the first time. They don't like peas the first time, try again. They don't like peas the second time, try again. Because eventually, you're going to get them to change the way that they want to play, the way that they want to attack you. And that's going to put you, they did it against the Lions. The Lions played two shell, two shell, two shell, until finally, Rodgers took the shot to Devontae Adams, and that was against single high. The shots to MVS, that was against single high. They are able to take those shots, so be willing to do that. But only within the confines of your offense. Don't let them get you out of what you do. Stay patient and have confidence in that. And you can go out and win this game. Now, I, I don't, I'm not going to predict that the Packers win this game. Um, I, I'm going to predict that they cover. I think the 49ers are going to score some points um, because I don't think Joe Barry is going to come out and pressure Jimmy Garoppolo, although I, I would like Matt LaFleur to, um, I don't know about demand, but suggest lightly that he do so. I don't think Green Bay is going to get enough stops without Zadarius Smith. Um, and, and with this Kevin King experiment that's still going on for reasons that I, I can't quite comprehend. So uh, I think 30 to 27, I think Green Bay's offense looks good against a very good defense, but I think the defense is still a work in progress. I think they've got to figure figure some things out still. And Kyle Shan is going to take advantage of that. And, and unfortunately, that's where they are. But this was a loss coming into the season. Let's not overreact if they do lose, unless they look really, really bad. Uh, because we thought this would be a game that they would lose coming into the season. The 49ers are very good. They're at home. This crowd is going to be bananas they can't wait to see their team and so um i, I just i i uh, not that i'm preparing you for that eventuality but i think we have to we have to have realistic expectations about this could the packers win absolutely could they win by two scores absolutely i'm just not going to predict that it's not the most likely outcome i think the 49ers are a point a point and a half better on a neutral field this game will not be on a neutral field and i still don't know what the future is of elton jenkins so i'm going to take the 49ers but i think it's going to be close and I think I think we're going to I think we're going to feel pretty much about the Packers now or a, a week from now or three days from now uh, the same way we do now. And that is that this is a, a good, a talented team that has some things that it needs to figure out. That's what they are. 
until further notice. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe to The Leap newsletter on Monday to recap this game and get everything out there. Will be free. The rest, we'd love for you to help support the work that Jason and I do. America's guest, Jason Hershorn, who will be back on the show before you know it. Um, And subscribe on YouTube where this video is playing right now and where we will be live after the game on Sunday night. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.